here's my goal. I want to be like one of those guys who are like, they're out of shape, but they're like, as they get older, they're super confident for some reason that makes them attractive. They're like big belly, they're balding. They're like, you know, like you see them all the time. Like when you go to like Europe and whatnot, they're like, why does this guy think he's like hot shit? But it's working. That's my goal. That's the goal. You know? oh, That's the goal. That. You hate that. <laughs> I just like hang out at cafes. I'm like, I'm a famous writer. You know, you know, if you just look at him, you're like, I don't get it. <laughs> you homeless? Oh my God. See, <laughs> I don't know if that's the, the best. They're smoking like a pack a day. Don't smoke a pack a day. Don't do it. I want to start smoking immediately. Go to a pack a day, you know, gets lung cancer, dies. Eating nothing but red meat, you know. Some would say he lived his best life. <laughs> oh like God. he died at the ripe old age of 31. Welcome to a Ride Around podcast, a chance to step away from our own notebooks and into another's. My name is Steven, and I'm joined by my two co hosts, Cade and Julie. Cade, what are we talking about today? Well, for our loyal listeners, really excited about what we had hyped up last episode, you're going to be severely disappointed. We are not doing the morals episode this week. We're probably going to post that for the future and give us some more time to get some more ideas and make sure we can do it right. But what we were excited to talk about is actually a look into Julie's book, the first chapter here. And I guess, Julie, I don't know if you want to do any intros before we get into it, but yeah, we're just going to be reading that first chapter today. It's called An Element of Darkness. It's a fantasy adventure type story. We got some magical powers going on. We got some guilds going on. Lots of fighting, adventuring around. So yeah, that's kind of what'll be in store in this chapter. And then if we read future chapters as well, I'm excited for everyone to hear it. Yeah, I think that's my hope too, is that we're going to kind of go through this book over time. And like I was talking with, with you a little bit before we started recording, Julie, and I think what we want to look at with this podcast moving forward is just a chance to showcase some of the stuff that we're working on, short stories, segments of books, and you know, this is going to be Julie's first published book here pretty soon, so we'd love to just kind of go through it. Yeah, I think that's a good goal for this podcast, and I think now is a good time to kind of take a little season break. This will be se- the end of season one. And then we're going to start up on a season two, which will be more readings and showcasings of our writing and, you know, writing that we like or whatever we decide on. Uh, So, yeah, we'll leave you season one ending with preview of chapter one of An Element of Darkness. And then you can kind of look forward to some more readings after that coming soon. Make sure you follow us on our Instagram at the right around pod, which will have all the updates for you on when we'll be coming back for our season two. So we're going to be reading different characters. I'll be narrating. Julie's going to be reading the main character. Let's make sure we get it right now so we don't fuck it up later. It is, it's Casey. Yes, main character's name is Casey. K-C, two letters. That's exactly how it's spelled. No, just kidding, it's not. (laughs) Steve will be taking the rest. Get into it. An Element of Darkness, a novel by Julie Vade. Chapter 1. 3. There were three of them positioned at the opening beyond the forest. The wind, which swirled and played through the air, brought to her mind this information. Casey stopped near a thicket of trees. They were close enough for her to make out their appearances, but far enough for her to keep herself hidden. Their embroidered assassin guild insignia glimmered in the moonlight against their black cloaks. A silver serpentine dragon wound around a dagger was their mark. 
a mark anyone in the country of Calgonia would recognize. There are more assassins here than she bargained for, but she was never one to shy away from a fight. Seeing a group like this out in the middle of nowhere meant they were conducting some disreputable mission or another, something she was not going to allow. She jumped up to perch on a branch of the tree nearest her, still unnoticed by the assassins. From above, she took more notice of their differences in their appearances. All three were stronger and taller than she, with one particularly burly. Against her thin frame, he would have the advantage in hand-to-hand combat. Next to him was a thinner man, with a dark beard. The man the farthest away from her was smaller than the others. He would be the fastest. A moment of concentration later, sharp, thin needles of ice crystallized in the air around her hand at her mind's command. She hurled them towards the neck of the three assassins. One needle stabbed into the neck of the burly man, causing him to fall to the ground, while the other two dodged out of the way. Cassie dropped to the ground and launched her next attack, materializing ice at her feet to have her enemies. To her frustration, the bearded man erupted fire around the two of them and melted away her ice. Taking this moment of distraction, Casey launched herself forward, propelled by her air power, and slammed her fists into the stomach of the smaller man. As he doubled forward with force, she moved on to the bearded man. Knowing he possessed fire, she surrounded him in a wind tornado. Once going, she added blades of air swirling through the inside. The burly man was now after her, producing rock, which now flew through the air towards her. She crouched in a dodge and set after him with ice once more. With his fire friend occupied, she had a better chance against him. He dodged her first two attacks, but she was too fast for him to counter with anything. The rain fell heavier around them, which empowered Cassie even more. The small droplets around her enemy hardened into ice shards under her mind's command. As the burly man backed away to get out of the attack, the bearded man appeared behind Cassie. Heat from his fireball attack radiated against her skin as she flipped forward out of the way. Cassie whipped around to face her enemies once more and set a dome of power around herself. It soon crystallized into ice before exploding outward into sharp shards of ice in all directions. Her green eyes glowed with the use of so much power. Taking her attackers off guard, the shards pierced into their body, causing them to fall to the ground a moment later. She was not interested in killing them. Her mission was to collect information about what the Assassin's Guild was up to and disrupt them as much as she could. Assassins, someone who belonged to the Assassin's Guild, were known for their shady activities. Their reputation had been questionable for years, becoming further tarnished in the eyes of the citizens of Kelgonia recently. Most people believed that the country would be better off with, that, with them gone. Something Cassie agreed with as well, despite the sneaking suspicion that there was something more to them. The rain pounded down heavier as Cassie finished her work. She flipped her hood up over her head and turned away from the bodies. It was time for her to return to her guild to report in. Cassie was a protector, meaning she belonged to the Protection Guild. Their main goal was to conduct missions to keep the underbelly of Kelgonia in check. They also offered protection to important officials or other odd jobs requested by the King and Queen of Kelgonia. It was not often the royals asked them for help as they had their own set of policing officials. They took care of all petty lawbreakers, while the guild took care of the larger, more organized crime in the country. The guild was a parallel organization to the royals, 
they had their own leadership and goals. It took Cassie the better part of the night to reach her guild headquarters once more. Not that it mattered. Her powers did not allow her to sleep much. As someone with large reserves of power within her, she needed less sleep than the average Kilgonian. Depending on one's power level, the typical Kilgonian went two or three nights without sleeping, while she was a week if needed. It took a toll on her mental health when she did this. One of the guild entrances was by way of a trap door in the ground, hidden in a field near the royal city. The field stretched on for miles, with groves of trees dotting its surfaces before reaching the city. Cassie preferred this entrance, as she liked to see the decadent royal city skyline whenever she returned from her travels. A circular wall surrounded by the city, but its tall building and guard posts towered into the sky. At night, the lanterns dotting the wall lit up, matching the stars above. After she jumped down into the dark hallway of the guild, a guard named Garrick greeted her. She had seen many times before. He was tall and lean, with brown hair and dark eyes. He wore the guild's uniform as usual, composed of black and maroon armor lined in gold along the edges. It was funny that the guild even had a uniform in the first place. No one wore it unless they were on an official mission for the royals. Garrick always said he liked the formality of the uniform, and wore it even if the others did not. He was a steady, familiar face to return to from missions, and he took pride in knowing everyone by face and name. Good evening, Cassie, he said. He grinned, excited as always to see her. Eric, great to see you well. How's everything here? Cassie exclaimed when she tugged her hood off. Her long brown hair fell in waves around her face. She swirled air around herself until the droplets of water on her cloak evaporated. The usual around here. Things always get livelier when you're in town, though. Trouble follows you. He gave a hearty chuckle and a wink. Hmm, I just can't seem to catch a break. Thanks for your hard work. I'll catch you on the way out, I'm sure. She replied with a smile and continued to move along the hallway. The place was dimly lit and made of gray stone. Being underground, the air was cold and smelled of dirt. She was always amazed by how well the place was carved out. It was huge, with everything from living quarters to training blocks and libraries. It was where she lived the past few years, along with most of the other members. The halls were lively tonight as Cassie walked towards her leader's office. People milled about the hallways and greeted Cassie as she passed by, stopping her to chat a few times. Cassie! A young man called. She turned to find Brandon, a young member of the guild. He smiled as he trotted towards her, his green eyes sparkling with excitement. Heard about your mission? How many of those assassin guild bastards you take out? He asked, beaming down at her. Hard to say, probably a dozen or so. Wouldn't expect anything less from you. They don't call you the Ice Queen for nothing. And you? How is your training going? Bet if you would stay around and spar with us new members every once in a while. Another time, Brandon. Nikita has a mission for me. Oh, you're always on a mission. Next time you're around, stop by the training blocks, will ya? It's not just me who misses your teachings. Yeah, alright. I'll see if I can fit it in my schedule. She waved her hand in the air. It was enough to satisfy Brandon, and he left grinning ear to ear. Cassie sighed and continued on her way, reaching her destination and knocking on the door. She did not wait for an answer before entering. He would be in there, as he always was. He was a workaholic type by any definition of the word. As she entered his office, she found it cluttered with papers on his desk and books haphazardly shoved onto bookcases. He had three armchairs in the room in front of his wooden desk, 
There was a table in the far corner, which was hardly visible under all the papers and mugs. She guessed he had been working on something all night. Ah, Cassie. Just the person I wanted to see. A handsome young man greeted her as she entered. His name was Nikita Kelman, the leader of the Protection Guild. He was young, the youngest person to ever lead the guild, and talented when it came to strategy and combat. He was a well-built man with short black hair, dark chocolate eyes, and suntanned skin. As he stood upon her at entrance, it became plain how much taller he was than his visitor. Cassie's face spread into a smile. Nick working hard as always, I see. How's everything here? She asked as she dropped into a chair across the desk from where Nikita stood. We've got some new faces around. Plenty of missions. He said, beaming toward her. He sat and le- leaned back in his chair. More new faces? Have the rumors of how prestigious this guild has become under you spread already? As he smiled. More like the rumors of your talents. Some of them spoke of ice-powered women they wanted to train with. Well, they'll just have to get in line. I have my hands full with the students I already took on. Akita laughed at this notion. She had three students, but he knew well the mischief they got themselves into over the years. So I hear. Kai tells me all about them when he comes by. Cassie laughed with him before the pair got down to business. She caught him up on the results of her mission. There was not much to tell, as she had not gathered much useful information for him. She did take pride in how many Assassin's Guild missions she disrupted. After promising to write up an official report for him, she moved on to what she had been truly curious about. What mission do you have for me, then? You said I was just the person you wanted to see. The forest at the base of the mountain pass leading to the port has been having troubles recently. The land itself has become darker in color and all the animals have left the area. The pass keepers noted they have been feeling ill with headaches and paranoia, as have any travelers that emerge from the forest nearby. They have requested we send someone to investigate while they close the pass and stay elsewhere. Headaches and paranoia. Sounds like darkness, but why target this mountain pass? She asked with a curious sparkle in her eye. Cassie had a long-standing interest in the dark power and how it worked. Knowing this, Nikita assigned her mission involving the power when she was around. The power of darkness was rare and harmful to the bearer when used. Rumor had it those possessing dark powers always went mad and killed themselves, as well as anyone who dared to get close to them. Through her past experience, Cassie knew better. The past leads to the port and is well-traveled. If whoever did this wanted to harm many people in a short time, the past would be the place to do it. Nikita suggested. Cassie pondered for a moment on this answer, but did not come to make any sense of it. The two finished their conversation and Cassie left. Her sleeping quarters were down the hall, so she headed there until dawn. Although she did not need to sleep yet, lying down to rest helped clear her mind. After the amount of ice shards she used in battle, she needed to recover some energy before heading out again. It was unique to have power over two elements, but it was not as glorious as many imagined. Using both powers at the same time, as she did when producing ice, took much more energy out of her than using one. Several hours later, Cassie prepared herself for the mission at hand. She equipped herself with several daggers, as well as medicine pouch around her waist. Her fighting style was completely reliant on her powers. She did not carry many weapons beyond her daggers. To complete her outfit, she swung her black cloak over her shoulders. This particular cloak had healing energy woven into its fabric from the medics of the guild. Cassie had gotten it made several years back and used it every time she went out. In general, the guild sent in its fighters out in at least pairs, if not groups, but Cassie preferred to work alone. 
having a partner had not worked out for her in the past, and she had no desire to try it again. As a result, Nikita assigned her missions, which were more time-intensive or involved more strategy rather than ones requiring more brute strength. Being by herself made it easier to sneak around or gather information, as well for the guild. This arrangement led to her nomadic way of going through life. One job would lead to the next and to the next. She often found herself gone for periods of weeks on end. After saying her goodbyes to Nikita, Cassie set out east. The earth became rockier as she left the fields around the royal capital and approached the mountains. She reached the home of the pass keepers by early afternoon. As the mission report read, it was a couple who lived in the estate near the base of the largest mountain in the area. Their names were Analicia and Exavel Anandillo. Casey stared up the path upon arriving, moving slowly as she observed her surroundings. There was no one else in, around the area, nor were there any animals, as the report had said. The earth was distorted and sickly beneath her feet. It was as though the area was gangrene. It was so black with any grass completely withered away. The trees and bushes lining the path were wilted and unusually grayish. She paused for a moment then and focused on the water and the ground beneath her feet. She crouched, placing her hand on its surface, and let her mind follow the path of water within the earth. Screams of anguish rang in her mind from the water below. It was saturated with dark energy. Next, she moved to a nearby tree and placed her hand on it as well. Her mind traced the maze of water pathways within the tree until finally reaching the roots, where she found the darkness most concentrated. She had seen this technique before. The easiest way to infuse any power into the land was through the water of the ground. The method provided pre-made channels, penetrating deep into the ground where particles of power festered. The longer darkness stayed in an area or, or person, the worse effects it had on them. Whoever did this was thorough. It would be a challenge to extract it, but she was eager to start. This forest was too large for her to cleanse it entirely, so her best bet was to get as close to the center of it as she could. If she moved fast, she would reach the middle before sunset. The path was heavily wooded on either side, and the terrain steep and rocky, but she used her power to keep up a fast pace. The air around her hummed in distress, warning her the further into the forest she went. The darkness became so saturated here, it leached up into the air as well. As she reached the middle of the forest along the path, she crouched to the ground once more. She needed to focus on finding the densest area of darkness. Closing her eyes, she injected her own water into the earth and allowed her mind to trace it as it tunneled in every direction. She soon found what she was looking for, a knot of dark energy which sparked and shot out bolts of darkness like lightning deep within the earth. From there, she spread her water trails out as far as she could in all direction. Her range was broad, but not so broad that it reached the beginning of the path. Cleansing the core of the darkness should be enough to rid the forest of its troubles. Sitting cross-legged, she placed her hands on the ground on either side of her. Envisioning all the trails of water throughout the ground, she infused her cleansing ability into her water. Her body began to emit a soft blue glow as she worked, and her eyes blazed green when she opened them again. She then used the cleansing ability to encapsulate the dark energy before forcing it all to the surface. The earth began to emit a thick, black mist, making Casey's skin crawl and sting. In the next breath, she lifted her hands off the ground and turned her palms up to the sky. Her power flew up and met the darkening sky above it until it disappeared. The only thing left was a thin blue mist flowing from her body and surrounding her. She exhaled as she stood, freeing the tension in her body after using such a large amount of her power. 
It was then she began to feel as though someone was watching her. The air hummed with an urgency of danger from deep within the forest. The voice of the air was something Cassie trusted and relied on when traveling. In her weakened state, it was best to move to the nearest town. Wonderful. Chapter one, everybody. Chapter one. I love it, Julie. I'm in. A public uh, a public display of your work. How does it feel? It's pretty good, actually. I feel like they're like I haven't like read it aloud. I know that you guys have talked about how you like to read stories aloud to see make sure they make sense, but I don't really do that. So yeah, it's definitely interesting to hear it like read aloud. Yeah. And I've definitely like I've read things that do not flow and I mean, just the general flow of it. I mean, it's obviously well-written. Like I was able to get through everything and like one go, this is my first time reading this piece here. I don't know if we're using this as a little discussion at the end of the episode, but yeah, I feel like that's a good intro chapter, Julie. I feel like you, you set the world there. You... A little bit of, yeah, like some world building, some like limitations to the power. Yeah. It used to be a lot different. Originally it was like, more action and I didn't really explain anything and then like from feedback I got it was kind of like you should probably explain some stuff so that the reader knows what's going on (laughs) a little bit more so I added in a lot of the like explanation of like what the guilds are and like a little bit about the powers that she's using okay cool but it used to just be like action and then she would go back to the guild and then she started her next mission and then like it continued on and like there's more action I didn't put any of the explanation kind of stuff like how I play an RPG where it was like, I don't care, just jump through the town. Where's the next where's the next quest? Yeah. It's like, oh, uh, 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 this way. Uh, 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 see you later. <laughs> and then you're many hours into the game and you're like, what is the yeah, story? Exactly. What's happening? <laughs> so we meet again. Who? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I did add a lot of that in. But I think it's I think it's helpful to have that in. So basically, like how it's structured now is chapter one is like set up for like Casey and like kind of the world and like how everything works. And then chapter two is the setup of like the set, like the other main character, like the male protagonist is like sets up him in the second chapter. Let's be honest. This is going to be the way we're going to read the book, Julia. Yeah, right? exactly. Even I will learn about it live for the <laughs> podcast. We're doing everybody a favor. Clearly nothing will go wrong with that. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. For the podcast. Well, thanks for joining us, everyone, for today's episode, as well as for season one of the Right Around podcast in general. Stay tuned for season two. We look forward to seeing you there.